All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of the Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Beebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 8, Episode 22 of the DFO Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Segan. We got Dylan D. Berthium to my right, Michael Beebs Bondi to my left. Gentlemen, how are we feeling? Pretty, pretty good. <laughs> Happy to be here, Brock. It's the most energy you've brought for the front front end of a show oh. in a long time. Fresh off a of Steph Diggs anytime touchdown. That always say, that and that double double in front of you right now. I think yeah. that's uh it's a com- that's it's a combination. It's making yeah. a nice D cocktail yeah. over there. Uh, God, I'm just firing on all cylinders for right excitement. Now. Yeah. I do drink my coffee black for the record. I, I don't know. I just felt like yeah. I had to. No, absolutely. Yeah. No, I I assume double double, and it's that's just uh, that's on me. As yeah, a, that's why I wanted to push it out yeah, there for sure. <laughs> um, I didn't crush a double double. Um. We're rocking a candy cane hot chocolate because we're a six-year-old child, <laughs> but we're doing good over here, Brock. Uh, all right, so in case you guys haven't picked up on it already, we are, at least for the time being, back down to a one-episode-a-week podcast because uh, grinding out You're getting crumbled was, was quite a, a battle, especially the Monday morning one. We already have a lot on our plate, and then it's like, hey, want to do a podcast in the middle of the day? And most of the time, I was just like, no, don't yeah. have time. Yeah. So back to once a week. We'll be releasing them on Friday We'll see how, like, the schedules go, because that's kind of it, too. We kind of got, like, the NHL decided to actually book games on Mondays and uh, and Wednesdays, which is nice. But, uh, yeah, so that that's kind of changed some things, too. The first couple weeks, it was like, oh, we have one game. Yeah, well, I, I think we're also kind of at a point of the season where everyone's team is, you know, for the most for, most part, pretty solidif- solidified. We yeah, gotta, you're in first. We got to probably talk about 
Uh, some waiver wire pickups that, that look good. Some buy low candidates that look good for the next couple weeks. And then we'll make that playoff push there. And then we'll maybe start grinding out a few more episodes and, and really making sure that we crown as many champions as possible. Uh, speaking of free agent pickups, that's what we are going to cover on today's show. Um, Just so and, many. Yeah, lo- lots of guys that we really like on the wire right now. And then obviously we've got these streamers at the end of the show as well so lots of players um, to be filling out your pickups this week if you've got lots left we will be maxing out the pickups this week for sure so we will uh just kind of be going down the list here by order of roster percentage talking about each player a little bit some players we've talked about a little bit more already um in previous episodes so we'll just kind of remind you that they are available remind you of just how well they're playing and question why their own percentage hasn't moved at all yeah likely if you listen to the podcast you have them exactly Um, but you know especially uh, especially these first two names that we're about to talk about because uh, one of them i talk about pretty much all the time and then the other one was one of your sleeper candidates so i can't even guess who they are and i think i have the list right in front of me well one of them is nick schmaltz oh your boy nick schmaltz and one of them is seth jarvis so We'll start with Seth Jarvis. He's the highest owned at 27% owned. And he really uh, was basically a draft bust. Uh, like, yeah. the fact that you can get him on the wire right now is pretty surprising given, you know, just kind of the level of excitement for him coming into the season. And, and it's been a bit of a letdown. But he has shown signs of turning a corner here and, uh, you know, maybe getting back to the form that, that had us so excited about him early in the season. So he is back uh, or, or skating on the top line right now with Sebastian Aho and Martin HS. And in his last five games, he's picked up one goal, three assists for four points. The good sign there, he's averaging uh, over 17 minutes per game and firing around three shots per game. So just under three shots per game, which is nice. The ice time is good. Uh, and, and playing with Aho and Neches is really the spot you want to be. The, the issue with the Hurricanes right now without Tuvo Teravainen is that if you put Jarvis, Sebastian Aho, and Neches together, the second line is Andrei Svechnikov, Jesperi Kokniemi, and Stefan Neshin, or Notion, whatever you pronounce his name, um, which really doesn't work out very well for Andrei Svechnikov. That yeah. is not a not a line that's really no. going to breed much success for him. But uh, right now, it looks good for Nechas, looks good for uh, Jarvis at 27% owned. So I was definitely the highest on this guy coming into the season. I feel a little bit bad that he's busted, but how do you guys feel about Jarvis's uh, upside moving forward, D? Um, it's certainly there. Like you said, it's, it's one of those players that's just more difficult to project. We don't really know what the ceiling is because he doesn't have this huge uh, track record of games to kind of go off of. We're talking about 91 career games. Um, the shot volume, I, I don't think it's too bad, but again, it, I'm kind of looking at through a relative lens here. He's 20 years old. Um, second full season in the league, 46 shots on goal through 23 games playing 16 minutes a night. So I think that's encouraging for seasons moving forward. Uh, but just same issues I have with him, you know, coming into the season. I, I just think he's going to need uh, a year or two to really kind of season and, and grow into the role. And there's obviously a lot of competition in that top six, more competition than we probably anticipated with Netchass's breakout as well. Um, so I'm not super high on him just because it doesn't look like he's going to have that kind of perfectly carved role that we were hoping for in the offseason. Um, and I think at, at this time, his shot volume is just a little bit lackluster. Um, that line I don't think is going to create a ton of chances, at least not relative to the, to the rest of Carolina's uh, forward core. So a little bit out on Jarvis. I, I think he's more of a deeper league target and, and dynasty league for me. Yeah, he's certainly a guy right now that um, I would I'd really only want while he's kind of cooking like he is at this rate. Uh, as Brock mentioned, four points in his last five games with those shots a little bit more up in those last couple. It's just good signs. 
but that that is only if you have the, the the spot on your team to take that risk. With only ten points in twenty three games, you could kind of get away with leaving him there for maybe eh, three or four more games if he if he stays hot. Um, so he's definitely definitely worth keeping there, but but certainly someone you want to keep an eye on when you're playing on that hot of a line. Um, as well as power, getting a little bit of power play time with power play too, but yeah, no, I'm kind of in the same spot. It's like maybe if I have uh, if I have someone injured and I and I had that open spot open up, I could take a chance on him, but I wouldn't be dropping a solidified point per game guy or something like that for him. Um, at the same time, only 27% on, so he's out there. Yeah, I think the one issue, especially not just for for Jarvis, is is kind of just this whole team's lack of goal scoring uh, has been a bit alarming uh, to say the least. They're currently. Uh, the fifth lowest goals per game in the NHL, ahead of only the Philadelphia Flyers, Anaheim Ducks, Nashville Predators, and Chicago Blackhawks. They're actually behind the Arizona Coyotes, uh, which is is scary. It's been it's not been good. Uh, their shooting percentage is the lowest in the NHL at 7.63. So you would imagine that there are probably better days ahead. Um, you know, not even for just Jarvis, but but the entire squad. You know, they're behind the Coyotes. Yes, Coyotes average 24 shots a game. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Um, so like Jarvis himself, eight point seven shooting percentage is much you know half of what it was last year on a shooting percentage of seven point nine. So this team's got to turn a corner at some point, you would imagine. Uh, and I guess you know we might as well kind of segue this one into you know maybe it's it's when Max Pacioretty gets back. Um, Max Pacioretty is back on the ice. It, it doesn't really uh, seem like he's going. You know his return's imminent, but it's going to be um, you know it's not too far down the road. And he's forty four percent owned and. You know, we've always been Max Pacioretty fans on this podcast because this man just loves to shoot the puck. Still a very good hockey player. Only 34 years old. It seems like he's been around forever. But um, 34 years old, 44% owned. It's going to probably take him some time to heat back up after, um, you know, such serious surgery. But uh, 44% owned. When he gets back, it should help, uh, you know, push the Hurricanes back towards, you know, being a, a bit more of an offensive powerhouse. You know, Tuvo Teravainen's kind of on the horizon to return so getting a couple of those members back um yeah, you know we'll, we'll, we'll go a long way because you got to remember in the preseason we were looking at potentially martin Neshas playing like a bottom six role um that's how deep this team is now all of a sudden stefan neshin has been playing like way up the lineup and um you know they, they've just they've been dealt with some bad injuries and they just need to really kind of figure out that um that second line yeah. center role sure I, sure seems like they could it'd be really nice if they had somebody like um Oh, like Vincent Trocek. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, it would be. But uh, Trocek right now, struggling a little bit on his own. Uh, out in New York, had a great start. Obviously struggling there. But no, Pacioretty kind of made this list just because at 44% owned. Um, with, with almost less than a month, I'd say probably until he comes back. That's I mean, I'm, I'm no doctor. But if you want to call me Dr. Beebs, that is cool. But um, no, I, I they with him getting back on the ice this week, uh, positive, positive signs. And, uh, and yeah, with... Being out there in sixty or sorry fifty six percent of leagues, if you can stash him, definitely stash him now. Now is the time. Um, yeah, he's gonna be a good own. Definitely. Uh, I believe. I believe last year before the injuries, he was like top top ten in like three different category fantasy categories across the last five years. Well, so, yeah. So uh, over the last three years, he's averaged uh, thirty nine goals per eighty two games um, and just over forty assists per eighty two games. So he's been uh, just absolutely dynamite. That's all right. Yeah. And uh, like you said, it also might be a guy where he starts a little slow. So someone to keep an eye on too. Say you didn't get a chance to stash him. He starts off, gets maybe one point across the first three games, throw some offers at a team. Um, yeah, take a bit for him to get back with no preseason. Anything to add on Max Pacioretty, D? Uh, no, I, I just I just want to remind people how good he was last year. He was basically at four shots a game, a point a game player, 
Um, and I think he's coming back to a really nice situation. And we've seen him come back from long-term injuries before and pretty much just pick up right where he's left off. So, uh, yeah, I think if he's out there, he is definitely worth a stash. Even if you don't have room on the IR, I think he's worth just dedicating a bench spot to until he's back and ready to play because uh, he should be a, a real contributor. Yeah, and uh, he was in the news a little bit today and yesterday because he put his $12 million yeah. Vegas home up for sale. Casually. And it is absolutely stunning. How come when I put my $12 million house up for sale, they don't do they don't do articles on it? I'm not sure. Yeah, it doesn't we make should, sense. We should te- uh, make sure we text front office sports to make sure they get pictures of your home. Absolutely. We'll uh, chat. Um, okay, back up a little bit in the own percentage. Um, Matty Berniers, I wanted to kind of segue Jarvis. You don't want to talk about Schmaltz? Together. We'll, we'll come back to Schmaltz in a little okay. bit. I just, just want to make sure. I want to go in order here, but I wanted to segue a little bit with, with Jarvis and Pacioretty. Moving back, Matty Berniers, 38% owned. I, I'm quite surprised that his own percentage is as low as it is. Um, it's just strictly because I drafted him in both of my leagues and I've had him on my team since the start of the season. And he's been, you know, pretty reliable throughout the season. Like he definitely went through a bit of a cold stretch, um, five games without a point, but he still had nine points in his first 17 games. It's not certainly not great, uh, but playing, you know, just under uh, 17 and a half minutes per night. And he started off hot his first 11 games. He had nine points and then he went on a six game. Uh, pointless streak, but he's absolutely uh, heated up this last two weeks. He has now got four goals, seven assists, 11 points in his last five games, and uh, that's coming into Thursday. They've got a game again tonight, so could certainly add to that total. So uh, he's been really, really good. Um, Biebs and I, I, I don't know about UD, but we, we bet him to win the Calder before the season started, and, yeah. and his odds now are about half of what they were at the start of the season. So Love feeling that. pretty good about that. Between him and Logan Thomas... Thompson. Thompson, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Uh, I got way too excited about the uh, <laughs> tight end on Washington. But uh, between him and Logan Thompson, we got uh, we got all the bases covered over here at the DFO Podcast for, yeah. for the cult. 20 points in 22 games, including nine goals. Shooting 22% is obviously a bit of a concern. But, uh, yeah, that team's playing really well offensively, particularly at 5v5. And if they can ever figure out that power play, um, they'll really be cooking. So, obviously, some red flags. 15.4 on ice shooting percentage, 22% shooting percentage. But, He's playing 17 minutes a night on, on a team that's playing extremely good hockey. Yeah, I don't think you can count on the point-per-game production here on out. I have him in a couple leagues, so I'd be thrilled if he could uh, you know, continue to operate that far above the uh, kind of the expected average in terms of his personal and on-ice shooting percentages. But uh, just a tremendous talent, too. So we don't really have an idea of where that shooting percentage is going to settle in. The on-ice shooting percentage, I would definitely expect to take a step back on that team, especially just skating with the likes of uh, Eberle and McCann. But... Um, yeah, I still think, you know, it's another guy that's just hard to pinpoint the upside. There's no track record really to base anything off of. We just know that uh, super high pick, second overall, um, and just uh, a ton of talent and a ton of upside that he's already flashed to this point. And the best thing that you mentioned, Brock, he's not getting the usual workload that we see for a 20-year-old. He's playing a ton, uh, and they're leaning on him heavily. Uh, again, shot volume, it's not terrific. I think it bodes really well for him in future years. I think this is a guy that in, you know, a year or two's time, uh, if not before that, we'll be talking about as a potential first round pick, uh, in fantasy redraft leagues. Uh, I think, like I said, we're still a year or two away from that, but rest of the year, you definitely want him on my roster, even like 10 team leagues. I think you should find a spot until he cools off a bit. Uh, so it's going to come down a little bit, but even just, you know, if he doesn't get better throughout the season, which he certainly could given his age and, and now he's continuing to adapt in the NHL, he's played just 32 games. Um, it could improve, but right now the baseline, I would kind of expect like a 60, 65 point pace if his usage continues. Uh, but you know, long may the hot streak continue in the meantime. 
Yeah, I mean this guy's this guy's out there in sixty two percent of league still. When you said thirty eight percent owned, I was like, yeah, thirty eight percent owned added in the last week. That's kind of where it should be right now. Uh, I think we're we're catching one of those players that kind of rolls under the radar. Um, we, we're gonna we're not gonna talk about it, but we're seeing it with Kevin Hayes out in Philadelphia. Uh, there's a couple centers that are just putting up really really impressive numbers that are uh, you know not not quite getting the respect that they deserve. And with Beniers, you guys said it. That ceiling is so incredibly high that like to see this production now. Brock mentioned it, bad power play so far this year, and that team's in a playoff spot right now. So things start to connect. Um, Jordan Eberle's not going to put up a point per game all year, even though you know his 23 and 24 games is beautiful. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, you know what, though? Like McCann and Eberle are not bad players. Not at like, all. They're both no. very solid offensive players, yeah. and they've both been shooting the puck a ton. Like They're going to continue to score goals. Like the, the, yeah. Their numbers are good. It's not even they're, like... Uh, they're not like overwhelmingly dominant offensively, but they're so good defensively. And, and they've they've been you know generating the majority of the chances, so they're going to continue to put up numbers. It just might not be at the exact same rate that they are now. But they're yeah. both like all three of them are shooting the puck a ton right now. The nine eight game obviously helped, but for the people yeah. the people who go off that, Beniers only had three points. So if you look, I mean, you could go over to Colorado right now. They have five goals and McKinnon has four points. Yeah. So um, those games aren't always necessarily a point night, but it does help. In the last fourteen days on Yahoo standard leagues. Bermiers is the number three ranked center behind only Crosby and Matthews, one spot ahead of Connor McDavid. Ever heard of him? Um, no. Nope. So it, it, it's that? really interesting to me that Bermiers is this low owned too, because like, doesn't it always seem like people will like reach and like always try to get the the prospect and like for some reason he's just lingering like below like owned in less leagues than like Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. And O'Reilly certainly hasn't done much to this point to be to kind of warrant that. Like owned less than than um, like Logan Couture. Couture has been solid in the last couple of days, but like I feel that a question today, like would you drop Chandler Stevenson for Premiers? Yes. And to me, I would yes. for sure. Yeah, 100%. and I absolutely. Like, I, I, the I, only I, issue, with, I the only good thing about Stevenson, like he's got left wing, center left wing, and right wing. Like the flexibility is great, but like the upside is not nearly the same as what you're getting in Bernier's. Yeah, I think it's just the Seattle stench. To be honest, I don't think they've had a forward above fifty percent since that franchise's inception, and they've you know definitely in the last year and a half have had a few that warrant it. Bernier's and Burakovsky, especially this year. So, um, I think yeah. everyone when they thought they were going to be Vegas had like McCann at like ninety percent owned, but. Uh, you know, after everyone realized 20 games in that this is a different breed, uh, just like you said, it's kind of like it's it's a total, uh, it's a curse. And uh, not a curse for us guys who like to, you know, grab guys with huge ceilings. And I play Seattle and DraftKings pretty much every single night. They're, Absolutely. they're fun to watch. They're a completely, completely different hockey club than they were a season ago. All right, Kirby Doc's next on, next on the list here at 26% owned. He has been skating on the top line with Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. And... I still, I still cannot figure out that trade from Chicago's perspective, but whatever. Uh, you his, like that Selly? back yeah. in Chicago is absolutely electric. I loved it. He's picked up 17 points, four goals only, but 13 assists in 22 games so far this season. Uh, the concern here for him, obviously, would be the fact that he only has 35 shots over that stretch. But, uh, you know, it's been a lot better lately. Like, since he's been moved up to that top line, uh, his ice time has really uh, risen considerably and um, it, like obviously the results have followed. So um, in his last eight games, he's picked up five assists, but his ice time is over 19 minutes per game. And this is something we did see from him a lot in Chicago too. Like he'd play like 22 minutes a night sometimes. So he's certainly capable of playing big minutes and he seems to be a pretty nice fit on the wing uh, with Suzuki and Caulfield. My only concern, and, and if any of our followers or listeners also listen to me on the uh, DFO DFS report on YouTube, this line just 
they're they're still just outproducing what they're generating by an alarming rate. So I am concerned about this line um, moving forward. I really don't know how sustainable it is. I, I I think every single episode we talk about it, like I'm trying to trade Nick Suzuki and yeah. Cole Caulfield as much as I can because the three of them, you know, as good as their production has been to this point, they're just not really generating enough um, to make what they've done so far sustainable. So they're sco- they've scored so far 4.7 goals for per 60, but they're only generating generating about 2.2 expected goals for per 60. So they're really kind of drastically outperforming um, their expected uh, goal output and you know, largely thanks to a 15.6 shooting percentage as a whole. So I am concerned. That would be my only worry, but he's free. I'm, I'm less worried about picking up Cole or uh, Kirby Doc than I am about like having a bunch of draft stock in Suzuki and Caulfield and not selling high when you can, Yeah, which is now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, again, I'm not... Uh, I think Doc is pretty far down the the list of, of these targets for me, simply yeah. because of all the the things that you highlighted. And it's great that he's on that top line; he's getting the minutes. But like you said, that's a line that we've been expecting to fall back and regress. So as good as Suzuki's been, it might surprise some people that we're just not all that excited that uh, this young, talented winger, or at least you know, at least was highly touted at one point, a third overall pick just a few years ago. Um, is, is moving up in that spot with the guy who's been so productive. But yeah, you nailed it. Like they're just getting caved in at 5v5. It's not like, you know, they're getting a little bit fortunate. They're playing some high event hockey and, and you know, you're, they're making the most of it at getting up and down the ice. Like they're averaging barely 20 scoring chances per 60, which is um, like pretty, pretty paltry numbers, stuff you would expect out of a, a third or fourth line. So um, to see that out of the first line and then you look at the production they've got and Suzuki shooting 25% with a 15% on a shooting percentage. So yeah, I just think those guys are due to cool down to your point, Brock. Um, so it, probably just in deeper leagues or again, dynasty leagues, like there's definitely some value there. Doc can definitely continue to grow into this role. He's just 21 years old, but uh, standard size redraft leagues, I think I'd have to be in a pretty tight spot to be looking at him uh, and giving him a, a spot in terms of like a long-term option on the bench. Do you rather him or Seth Jarvis since uh, I know you weren't huge on Jarvis, Steve? Mm, I would rather Jarvis, I think. But, yeah, I don't love Jarvis either. Jarvis 5% less owned. Yeah. How I about don't... you? Which one would you rather have? It's a toughie. I think uh, oh, this is very hard. I, <laughs> I, I like the time of ice for Doc, but like you said, we've seen it before. I would go Jarvis just with the recent hot streak. Um, I just would like to see Doc shoot more, but it's never really been kind of part of his game. Yeah. Um, I, that, that that line concerns me just altogether. But like I said, if if you have if you have the spot and, and you want, you know, maybe you're a Habs fan. Like I don't think he's a bad pickup. He's, he's you know he's got 17 points in 22 games. He's putting up points. I just don't know how long it's going to continue. So you know you might be able to ride it out for a little bit, but I just don't know how much of a long term yeah. ad is. Like and like, to be clear, like I, stream god here on a given night. Like yeah. if a guy any guy is playing first line stream first power god, play, stream god checking in. Like. I am down to plug in. It's just in terms of like, you know, holding a long-term spot, like giving up a spot to potentially stream guys into the lineup. I'm not doing that for Kirby Doc at this point. No, yeah. It's uh, it's a, you know, if you got a spot, a center right wing spot. But no, I think we're going to talk about a couple other names here that I would much, much, much rather own uh, than old Kirby Doc. Speaking of somebody that you would probably rather own, I think we are just about to rename or at least rebrand this podcast to the Kevin Hayes podcast because we seem to talk about this guy every single week. But it's not for a bad reason. It's because every week we talk about him, he just continues at a point-per-game pace. It gets better. He has 24 points in 23 games, including eight goals on the season. He is, And again, the numbers 
don't jump off the page at you and say like this is not sustainable. Like yes, maybe this his production could come down a little bit. The the on ice shooting percentage is a little bit high, but he's playing like over twenty minutes a night some games. He's been out on the ice consistently every single night and, and dating back to uh, the start of November, November fifth, in his last thirteen games he has fourteen points, seven goals, seven assists. 37 shots on goal over that stretch. I mean, he's he's picking up points on a nightly basis. That team either like wins two to one or loses three or four to two, and Kevin Hayes picks up a point in every single game. Yeah, he's a man possessed right now. Uh, I've definitely come around on him a little bit. Nice. I was a little bit softer on him, but the shot volume him. just continues to improve as well, and the minutes aren't going away. I picked him up in our in our dynasty league bees because he was still hanging around. Crazy. Um, and yeah, I, stream God here again. He, I am not opening up the spot right now. I am dedicating it to Kevin Hayes. I want to see how this plays out. I want to see these minutes continue, and Has I want to see God the shots continue a little bit, a little bit. I, I do think the assists are going to come down a little bit. That's never really been his forte, but if. With this extra ice time and this extra opportunity, if he can get anywhere near an assist every other game, I, I think he'll be fantastic the rest of the year because the shot volume is so consistent. He's a 12.1 career shooter. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm real in on Kevin Hayes right now. I, I think he deserves a spot on, on most, league, or most teams in standard size leagues. So we talked about him enough, Beebs, that we even yeah, we finally got D back on board. The this is the one, the one number that really sticks out to me so far this season. He's got points in 17 games and no points in just six games. Like Decent. He's picking up a point almost every single time he steps on the ice. Yeah, he's on pace, too, just to absolutely crumble his previous career high in power play points, which was 11. He's got seven already. So four more for big Kevin Hayes there, and he's uh, he's past that. Um, no, I, I love this guy. I uh, I think we're going to talk about someone next who I like a little bit more, but other than that, it's, it's uh, Hayes, too, and then... Uh, just say his name for me, Brock. Yeah, Nick Schmaltz has been terrific since returning to the uh, Arizona Coyotes. We nah, we just mentioned it in passing. Yeah, we didn't talk about him in, in, in depth yet. Mm. Uh, since returning to the lineup, he's got one. Or, sorry, another guy you want. Three goals, one assist in his last three games, and he's played four games total since returning. Uh, he's played 19-17, 19-10, 22-54, and 21-35. Massive minutes atop the Coyotes lineup. Um, and, and what's really been nice, at least in his first two games back, he had five and six shots on goal in those games. He's had two shots on goal in each of the two games since. So uh, 15 shots on goal in four games, which is is a lot better than what we've seen from him in the past. If he continues to shoot like that, uh, I, you know, obviously I don't I, I don't anticipate it'll be that high, but if he can hover around two and a half even shots per game, which is a lot more than we've seen from him in the past, this could go a long way for Nick Schmaltz. He's really um, just kind of, un, you know, unappreciated no, in, in no Arizona. Respect. Um, and... and Beebs, all the credit to you. You you talked about this guy a lot in the preseason, just saying like this is a perfect target at the end of your roster, and he's gonna you know put up close to seventy points across a full season if he stays healthy. Unfortunately, he got hurt early, but the pace is there. He has not skipped a beat at all. Um, and, and when you're playing, you know, nineteen, twenty, twenty two minutes. And to their credit, the Coyotes really have not been that bad. They've been a lot more respectable than they have been in years past. A lot of that has to do to offensively. Uh, they've been a dump truck, though. Well, they're not. They're like, yeah, they're not generating a ton of shots. But at least this line, it, you know, can get it going. Yeah, this from will time, do it. from time yes. to time. Like this line, you know, they're, they oh. and the Coyotes have been. When you're really, rocking like Brett Ritchie on line one or Nick Ritchie, whatever Ritchie you're rocking, it shouldn't Nick, be yeah. on first. Well, he like the top power play unit has been good. Josh Spear has been good. Chikrin's looked terrific since return. Been so the, the, the power play has been awesome. 5v5, obviously, they're going to struggle a little bit. But this line can at least get it going. Like, 
if we're talking about, you know, people really want to roster Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki, uh, and Kirby Doc. I'd rather this, have Nick Schmaltz. This line offensively is... is Suzuki? Pro- this is, pro- is producing similar results. <laughs> Be close, like, though. In terms of scoring chances, the results are similar. So if you're high on Suzuki and you're high on Caulfield, you might as well be high on Schultz. Schmaltz. Yeah, I mean, he's been doing it since last year. Like at The second half of last season, he was one of the hottest players in the league. I believe he was in like the top 20 in scoring across the last 41 games. Um, at least, at least the top top forty because he was he was heavy over a point per game. Him and uh, Keller went nuts before Keller got hurt last year. It just seems to be working again. All the signs are there. The shots are there. The time on ice is there. Um, realistically, it's just the the surrounding cast. But I don't really care about the surrounding cast when it's uh, when there's only five guys on the ice for a power play. So you know, um, it's twenty six percent seems like a huge slap in the face. I just don't even think people know Schmaltz is back yet from injury. But boy, is he back and. Uh, thing that I find kind of crazy is you miss, you know, 15 games or whatever it was, and you come back to 19 minutes a night. It's, is he, is he like just warming up? Is he about to drop 22 a night on us uh, going forward? I mean, the rest of the lineup around him would allow that, but uh, no, I think Schmaltz is a great ad. We, uh, me and D participate in a league where there's some pretty juicy waiver wire pickups, and uh, I picked up Tarasenko this week, but I realized that if I had to drop one, which I do to bring Allmark back, it's not going to be Nick Schmaltz. Um, so, uh, so I'm choosing between him and Tarasenko, and that just goes to show how much, you know, a 26% owned guy you can do. Picked up Vladimir Tarasenko off of waivers. Uh, yeah. Let's just say people panic on Sundays uh, what kind of league to get is some this? dubs. The one I got Yari on FA. Yeah, it's uh, people need <laughs> try to get dubs, and they'll uh, they'll drop a nice juicy name, and that's why me and D are uh, the quote unquote vultures, and we just come in, get them, and uh, stream God gets his streams, and you know I I don't get to stream in that league as yeah, much. Too cause... many good players. Yeah, <laughs> that's the issue with me too. Yes. <laughs> Um, I'm not as high on him. I think he's at definitely absolutely should be picked up. And I think the assist production is going to be really reliable. The, his total shot attempts aren't really up. Like he's hit the net on 75% of his shot attempts so far. And again, we're talking a super small sample size. So I think that's a little bit inflated, but even if he can be around the two shots a game he was at last year, um, I think that's fine. I just, I'm not, I'm not banking on a lot of goals from Nick Schmaltz. That's, that's just never really been his thing, but, uh, he's always put up like really solid assist numbers playing way less minutes um and seeing less opportunity than, he, than he's currently getting so definitely in on him i think he should be owned i would personally keep tarasenko but i know you're a big schmaltz guy so yeah no it's tough uh tarasenko has been struggling but uh not a not a buy low episode but buy low yeah um, i yeah. agree on to the next the next is dylan Cousins. so if again if you watch the dfo dfs report i've been really really touting buffalo's second line um, for a couple weeks now, and they've really just been electric. And, and like, what was kind of like a, a little secret of mine there for a little bit is, is the secret's definitely out of the bag. Cousins, I believe, added, what, two more goals tonight? Uh, at the moment, yeah. yeah. 5-4 right now in the third period. So coming into tonight, Cousins in his... We talked about him a couple weeks ago. I said, he, this guy is quietly having a breakout campaign. Coming into tonight, uh, he had 18 points in 23 games, 8 goals, 10 assists. He's been just absolutely electric in, in recent action as well. 10 points in his last 10 games, 4 goals, 6 assists. And then again, he's got at least two goals tonight, I believe. Yes. Um, so he's got now 12 points in his last 11 games. He's been awesome. But then Jack Quinn as well. Jack Quinn was one of my favorite end-of-the-draft targets. Uh, he's back up to 8% owned after a really slow start. Got healthy scratched quite a bit early on. Um, and, and the second line in Buffalo has been so good. Like, 
outrageously good. Jack Quinn and Dylan Cousins together are basically doubling up what you would see from Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. They are averaging 5.05 expected goals for per 60, generating 48 scoring chances, 22 high danger chances. I mean, they're playing, it's not a big sample size. This isn't going to be sustainable. They're not all of a sudden the best line in the league, but they're... It's good to see, though. In like 80 to 90 minutes of ice time, they're putting up elite, elite numbers. So they continue at that rate, like you're going to be... You're going to be laughing. So Quinn's still more of a deeper league target, but Cousins, not only is he putting up huge totals, um, he's also on their top power play unit right now. He's started to see a little bit of a bump in minutes. You, you see him sometimes hovering around 20 minutes. More often than not, it's around 18, but he's playing big minutes. He's now on the top power play unit, which we know has been buzzing. Um Rossman Stalin's having a career year. Tage Thompson's a freak. Yeah. Jeff Skinner's a point per game player. Alex Tuck's been awesome. And now you add Cousins into the mix. I mean, that's a really, really good top unit. I'm I'm in, you know, all about adding Cousins right now. 22% rostered. He has been dynamite. Yeah, he's I think he's the top pick of, of the whole wire right now. He's the one I would move to first. And again, like we've talked about this a few times, but anytime you see a young player like this breaking out and they have the draft stock and pedigree that they do, yeah. like there's people that are way better at you know, understanding <laughs> which kids are going to develop into great hockey players than us. And there's a reason he went seventh overall. So to see that come to fruition so early, not just in the raw production, but the shots, my goodness, 62 shots in 23 games, 30 in his last seven. So I, I really do think he's reached another level. Honestly, the biggest knock is that he's playing center behind Tage Thompson. So like there's, you know, a yeah. ceiling on this ice time and there's a ceiling on that role. But I, I think these guys are the two true play drivers on that team. So unless they're playing together, it, it shouldn't matter too much. I think that second line should continue to get a really nice, healthy run. Yeah, absolutely worth a pickup in redraft. I, I, I think in Dynasty, if you can, if he somehow, I, he shouldn't be there, but if he is there, absolutely scoop him or even make a move for him now because I, I, I kind of think like this is just sort of like Tage last year where the breakout is happening uh, and I don't really think we're looking back. Quinn, I think definitely should be owned in Dynasty leagues as well, but yeah. I agree with you that in redraft leagues, I think I would hold off uh, into you know deeper, maybe 14 or, or, or deeper um, before I would, again, look at a long-term spot for him. But you talk about their how good they are in DFS right now. They're all solid options whenever you can fit them uh, on a slower night into your lineup, scoop them off the wire. Um, Quinn, that is, again, Cousins, I, I just think should be owned 100% moving forward. Like, he looks legit. Um, and, yeah, Quinn, a little bit older. So uh, when he was picked, he was a 19-year-old in his draft here. He's 21 years old already. So really nice to see him kind of hitting his stride this soon, right? It's it's. A, can be a little bit worrisome uh, with those older draft picks when, you know, they take three or four years to really show anything. Um, you know, my patience just isn't quite as long with those ones. So nice to see him come in, get the opportunity and just produce right away. Um, and I think, yeah, he can just be uh, a real passenger on that line and, and should continue to do all well this year. But another guy who's uh, even in this just short sample size, I think bodes really well for their development year over year moving forward. Yeah, like and the shots been good. the shot uh, production's been pretty solid from him as well. You know, we've seen him have, uh, you know, six shots um, against Montreal five games ago. Followed that up with four shots, then one, then three. But uh, you know, he, he was somebody that we were really high on in the preseason for a reason. He was playing on the Thompson line in, in the preseason. We were like, if he ends up in that role, he's going to dominate. Obviously, that didn't pan out. But now he's found himself on on a line with Cousins, who's breaking out. Um, and then the real good news for them is they have like a pretty clear cut fourth line. And then their third line has been struggling mightily. Mm-hmm. Peyton Krebs hasn't done much. And Casey Middlestad has been a total, total bust so far this Cannot season. Cannot win a face-off. Like, no, he can't win a face-off. And they're playing like nine minutes. So they're essentially their fourth <laughs> line. And then we're not going to see Semgis Gergensen's replace um, 
Jack Quinn in the second line. So this seems to be kind of like a top six that's solidifying itself, and they're playing absolutely terrifically. Do you have anything else to add on Cousins or, or Quinn? No, I just love that Buffalo's getting some respect. Uh, it's good to see. Good to see around here in the fantasy game. Moving on. We have Cole Perfetti, who... Again, another uh, very highly touted prospect coming into the NHL and, and really starting to find his own. The um, Jets have been terrific so far this season. Uh, you know, lacking a little bit up front, they've been kind of tinkering with their forward group to try to really find the right combination. And Perfetti's landed himself with Mark Shifley recently, um, and it seems to be clicking a lot better than when he was playing with Blake Wheeler and and uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois in his last five games we've seen Cole Perfetti pick up one goal five assists for six points so over a point per game over that stretch 15 shots on net which is three per game uh it it is a little bit inflated thanks to a six shot performance against the Avalanche the other night but still um you know the minutes have been occasionally a little bit concerning but for the most part they've been around 15 16 minutes a night and uh, this is a kid that obviously again high draft pedigree and, and a lot of talent uh, on display so as long as he's playing with Mark Shifley he's in good hands yeah. uh, they, they seem to be forming a pretty good connection there in Winnipeg right now nice little sneaky left wing right wing center eligible player too so you can get him in on most nights um, even those those heavy roster nights when you need just a someone to fill that that roster when you got a little too many centers um, but yeah, no, no, you mentioned it. It's, uh, it's, it's almost in, in my opinion, like a Matty Bernier's light or like a, almost like a Kirby doc light where it's, it's, you know, we got a high, high pedigree prospect here. Who's starting to put up stats. Um, just kind of waiting for it to really happen. Yeah. But, uh, I think Perfetti above these other two, well, maybe not Bernier's, but Perfetti above doc for sure, at least has the goal thing going for him. That kid is just a, uh, I mean, that's just what he does. Yeah, He's done it at every level. We talked about the concerns about Montreal 1. I definitely trust Shifley. And, and I mean, Wheeler's been playing well yeah. lately, too. So I, I yeah. trust that line. They uh, absolutely forward. buzzed the Avalanche yeah. the other night. And if you can buzz the Avalanche, even if they are injured, I yeah. mean, they're capable of doing that against even the best teams. So. Absolutely. I, I think like Perfetti has some real outside for this season just based on what he's shown. I, he just needs more ice and he needs more yeah. opportunity. Even like the last few games and getting this opportunity, it's still been a little bit consistent. They've been rotating him off that line a little bit. So, um, yeah, I, I think uh, it looks really good, though. 41 shots in 21 games despite playing just 15 minutes a night. So if he was actually getting those full first line minutes, like it certainly seems like he could get up around three shots a game. Another one who just looks like a tremendous pickup in Dynasty Leagues. Um, and should definitely make a spot on your roster for him there. But um, this year, I think, you know, I, I would have a short leash on him right now just because the ice time has been co- so consistent. And there's only so much you can do if you're playing 15 minutes a night. Um, so, yeah, I think in 12-team leagues, uh, the good news is, like, they have the f- perfect streaming schedule this weekend. He's one of my top streaming targets. We'll talk about it a little bit more. But um, you can kind of pick him up this weekend, get two clutch games out of him, treat it as like an audition, see what that ice time looks like. If it if it continues to climb, then great. You can hold him on your roster. If it continues to waver, he gets dropped off that line, then you just cut him. So I'm short leash, redraft league, standard size with Perfetti. But uh, I, I do think there's some upside there. It's just a, a matter of whether or not he gets the ice time this season. Yeah, and there's a couple other quick shouts here as, as we move on um, to the Blue Stones. Igor Sharangovich, 10% owned. Uh, he, he's obviously a little bit um, of a question mark just given how much you really think he's going to play. Uh, occasionally plays on the third line, but occasionally moves up and plays uh, with Jack Hughes. But at 10% owned, he, he's been able to get the job done this year. And if you have... Uh, you know, shorthanded goals as a as a category. He's certainly somebody that could, could really chip in there for you. I think he like and just he's a couple years older and obviously doesn't have doesn't have the draft pedigree. He's a fifth round pick, but just his numbers so far, it looks really similar to uh, Perfetti, and he's been a little bit more opportunistic. But yeah, he's had two shots a game playing just fifteen minutes a night, and you know we we know how good that team is. If he can play more minutes on either Hughes 
or um, Heesh's wing, then, you know, there is definitely, again, some upside here. It looks really good in the smaller sample size, but like you said, he just gets, he just needs the ice time. But if you're in a tough spot and like, you know, you're just, your roster is, you know, really lacking any sort of upside and, you know, you, you think you're in some trouble, this is a guy that could be worth stashing, like I said, a week or so and just really seeing how it plays out because uh, a couple of, a couple of games ago, he had 18 and a half minutes, uh, didn't quite pop in that game. So I, I think it's just going to take a, a, an opportunity like that to come again and for him to really just take the opportunity like he's been doing so often this season. So yeah, a lot of upside there, I, I think for sure. Yeah, I I, I know I, I had a friend who basically asked for a list of 10 free agents, 20% are down, and I gave him a list and Perfetti was realistically the only, was the only one available um, in this league. So if it is something like that, then, you know, you could, you could squeeze them in. But, um, I didn't know if we would ever say this guy's name on the podcast, but if you need help on the blue line, JJ Moser, I really thought that once, uh, we got Jacob, yelled at to do this. Well, once Jacob Chickering came back, I really didn't you know where think, he's from, right? Uh, yeah, Switzerland. I <laughs> really didn't is. think that his, uh, his production would be that great. But in the month of November, he finished with nine points in 12 games. He played over 23 minutes a night, 18 shots on goal. Isn't that great, but yeah, he's an assist, uh, assist God right now in Arizona, which, I don't know, like how this any of this makes any sense is beyond me. But uh, if you need help, I mean, he's playing a ton of minutes. He's gonna, uh, you know, he might be able to block some shots if that's a cat in your league. He's gonna get some hits if that's a cat in your league, and he's apparently gonna pick up an assist almost every single game. I, he's certainly risen through the ranks of that organization. For you know, be a 22 year old second round pick to be playing 23 minutes a night already, I, I think it speaks volumes. Again, not the hardest organization to rise the ranks in, but yeah. uh, it's certainly impressive. Another one to watch, and you know, these are generally how these guys go. If you go back and listen to two or three years, we're talking about staples in the league uh, at this point in time, right? So this is kind of how it goes. Well, we will be watching them throughout the rest of the season. Not really a guy I'm probably going after in redraft leagues, but he's a thin position this year. So I think even in 14-team leagues, he can be worth a look. You guys know how much I love a, a Coyote. And I was <laughs> massive on Gosses Bear coming in. And uh, basically, Moser's become the Gosses Bear that I expected on that team, just getting getting those valuable uh, protected minutes, we'll say. But uh, for me, it's the it's the 39 block shots because, you know, Arizona, it's a shit team. Um, they're not going to have the puck a lot. But with that said, uh, if this guy's putting his bot in front of shots and you're in one of those leagues that does have that as a category, you can you can snake some uh, snake some extra points there. At only 9% owned, it's pretty crazy. And I kind of said it in passing there. Um, I think we were yelled, me and Brock were yelled at, like, a month ago by an Arizona fan, we'll call it, on Twitter, um, to mention Moser. So mm-hmm. uh, finally made it here and uh, finally deserves it after five points in his last five games, two goals, three assists. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we're talking – a lot of these guys here have huge upside this this show. Um, and if you get a free agent that's, you know, like, really – like for free agents, we don't even care about upside most times. But if you can get one with upside, it's a nice little cherry on top. So uh, Moser, add him to the list of, uh, you know – Young kids who are who are crushing it and not getting the respect they deserve. Yeah, uh, it's worth mentioning he was a second round pick in 2021. Um, came over from Switzerland and really impressed in the AHL. And then I remember when he got called up last year because they were extremely banged up, and he got called up and 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 kind of impressed immediately and was really solid. Played a, a decent amount of minutes from last year and then like was just obviously a lock to make the team this year. And then uh, what he's been able to accomplish so far this season has been. Um, really impressive. I mean, in his AHL stint last year, he had 12 points in 18 games. Certainly has some offensive pedigree to his game. Um, you know, as a tw- as like a 19-year-old, he had 30 points in 48 games in Switzerland. Like, so he's got this ability, and he's, and he's been able to, to put it together. So if, if you know, maybe, um, you know, you're a Chris Letang owner who all of a sudden is really searching and needs some help for uh, a blue liner, 
Um, I, I think that, that he would be a, a pretty decent addition at this time. Him or Vince Dunn, because you know Vince Dunn is out there. He's yeah, yeah his, and Vince Dunn, dude, is so, so solid. But yeah, Vince Dunn is, is... Or Schultz, I guess, for that matter. He's been on fire. Yeah, yeah. would definitely. Dunn's actually finally up to 50%. I think Schultz is 16 points in 21 games, for those of you guys looking at 22 him. 22 games, but yeah, yeah. So three goals, 13 assists. 27%. But on. he is on an absolute heater. Oh, he he's has... cooking three the other night in that nine-goal game. Uh, 10 points in his last six games, I think yeah. that is. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, on a heater. I did pick him up literally just because he's on a heater and that, that team's on a heater. So, I yeah. uh, just plugged him into play and I also have Chris Letang. So. Ouch. Letang, speed, Chris. Uh, Your health say, first and foremost. Absolutely. Helping my fantasy team second. Letang was skating today. Yeah. He Crazy. just took a twirl. In the I mean, they said it was for his more for his mental yeah, health. But, yeah, yeah I don't know do if it. we're going to see him again this season. No. I wouldn't be uh, surprised. You got to take every precaution. 100%. We, uh, second stroke in, you know. Eight years. Funny hmm. enough, me and, me and Dee played chill with some fellas, and we had like seven of us yesterday, and we were kind of asking, like, how old do you guys think Chris Letang is? And we had guesses anywhere from 32 to 37. 34? 35. Um, so, yeah, so we're, you know, it's, uh, yeah, we're hoping for, for health for Chris. Another big name out there on the free agent market right now, if you need help uh, with Letang out, is Rasmus Sandin while Morgan Riley sidelined. Sandin, uh, he was only like 5% owned, obviously, when when Morgan Riley got hurt, he's, but he's still only up to 22% owned. He's Not quarterbacking uh, that top power play unit for the Maple Leafs. He's playing uh, you know anywhere from 21 to 22 minutes a night. Hasn't done a whole lot with the opportunity. He's got just two points since Morgan Riley went out, but obviously you know that's a good team, and he's playing on the top power play unit, playing 22 minutes a night. I really like Rasmus Sandin as well. Uh, just kind of scouring the rest of this wire, I still think you could probably get away with Kalen Addison uh, at 9% owned if you need some help. While Latang is injured and digging down a little bit deeper, is there anybody left? It doesn't appear so. So with that, we will fire it over to the Blue Stones, and when we get back, we'll have these streamers. See you back here in 60. Broken down, so I walk the line. I drop my wounds and I die. I'm out of money, I'm out of time. I fly low like a broken arrow. Time slows and my vision arrows I'm out of money, I'm out of time Sing your hearts out, sing it loud Make me happy, make me proud Black holes, solid ground Black holes, solid ground A thousand voices set on free Because this silence is killing me Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 8, Episode 22 of the DFO Fantasy Podcast. Uh, we are going to get right into some weekend streamers. We finally have a good streaming schedule. The NHL schedule has returned to somewhat of a normalcy after uh, the Thanksgiving um, and Black Friday games threw everything out of whack last week and, and really the week before with kind of prepping for that big switch in the schedule. So uh, without further ado, we're about to get into it. You boys ready? Are we ever so ready for these streamers? All right. So we got three games on Friday, 13 on Saturday, five on Sunday. So obviously we are looking for those teams that are playing on Friday and Sunday to limit the amount of matchup acquisitions you guys have to burn to get some extra games into your lineup. So uh, three teams with that ideal schedule this weekend. We got the Jets, the Islanders, and the Blue Jackets. We will start with the Jets. They've got the Blue Jackets on Friday, Anaheim on Sunday. So a really, really nice streaming schedule there. Not only are they playing, which is a great start, but uh, really, really juicy matchups there. Both home games as well. They should be big favorites there. It's key to be playing. Yeah. That's big. It's key. And then, honestly, I, like I don't even look at the matchups half the time when we're looking at skaters. But, you know, uh, we got options this week. So this is definitely the team to target. The problem with the Jets, as it always is, not a whole lot of options available in their top six. There is, of course, the aforementioned Cole Perfetti. Left wing, right wing, 15% owned. We talked about him a lot already. Uh, I've already said my piece on him. Pick him up this weekend. He's my top streamer in widely available leagues. Uh, pick him up this weekend. Treat it as an audition. See what happens at that ice time and that role. See if it falters at all. If it looks good this weekend, you can keep him on your lineup into next week. If not, no worries. You just drop him and let him burn on Monday. Uh, and Blake Wheeler as well, really the only one to mention here. Uh, didn't get a shout out on the free agent podcast or the free agent segment earlier because he's actually just a little bit too highly owned, but 48% owned still warrants a mention Crazy. here. Uh, just more of a check if he's there sort of thing. And, and probably, unless you're in an eight or 10 team league, find a spot on your roster for him too. But seven goals, 13 assists, and 21 games this year. Three goals, five assists in his last three games, obviously including that hat trick the other night. Three goals, seven assists, 10 points in his last five. Boom. So he's popping. That line is popping. The power play is popping. Um, so yeah, really good team to target here. Those are really the only two options that we can look at. Unfortunately, um, the matchups are great, but still not willing to dip into the bottom six. They just, you know, the third line just doesn't play enough. It's not like there's anyone there who's going to sneak up the lineup and, and see some top power play time too. So we learn Perfetti is really all it is, but they're the two top options this week for sure. Uh, moving on to the Islanders. Uh, we got, they got the Predators on Friday, Chicago on Sunday. So pretty nice schedule here for them as well. Obviously, especially that game uh, against the Blackhawks on Sunday. So uh, we do have a third liner that we're targeting here, which is pretty rare. But the Islanders do love to play that third line a ton. J.G. Pacho, center, 24% owned. I didn't six know you were goals, French. Eight assists in 23 games. 
Uh, yeah, we don't often talk about third liners on the streaming segment, but this is not your standard third line utilization. He plays 18 minutes a night, and he's on the top power play unit as well. Um, he would be my top choice of the widely available aisles this weekend. That's the nice thing about the Islanders. You can always count on some options in their top six being available. Uh, but again, I'm looking at the third line again here. Zach Parise, left wing, right wing, 8% owned, seven goals, four assists in 24 games this season. So the point totals don't exactly jump off the map at you, but seven goals already at this point from a streaming target. It's definitely something to keep your eye on. He plays with Pajol, as I said, on the third line, still seeing around 16 minutes a night and playing on the second power play unit. And honestly, one of the more likely goal scorers of the guys I'm going to talk about here, considering he still racks up shots at a nice clip, 59 shots so far in the season. So uh, yeah, Parise off to, you know, a, kind of a nice start, despite the fact that he's being buried in the bottom six right now. And then Oliver Wallstrom, the only other one I really want to mention here, 10% owned, six goals, six assists in 23 games, currently skating on the top line with Barzal and Bailey, as well as the second power play It's unit. actually uh, Simon Holmstrom up there instead of Josh Bailey at the moment, but it, it could be Bailey, could be back in the lineup tomorrow. Sure, as long as he's there with Barzal. Yeah, he's on the top line. That's really all his value comes from. And again, he's my third pick out of the three. I, I would honestly rather Parise just because of the shots and the value you can get out of a potential goal. But either way, he's currently skating on the top line. Uh, and seen some time on the second power play unit as well. So not my first choice, but still a decent bet to add at least a point to your lineup over the weekend. I think I'd add one more, Anthony Beauvillier. Yeah. He's only 1% owned. He's playing with Lee and Nelson. That's really been a, a very good line for them as well. Um, two goals, one assist, three points in his last five games. Um, in his last six games, he has uh, 18 or sorry, 16 shots on goal. So he's averaging around three shots per game, uh, just over three shots per game. So um, he's been solid lately playing about 15, 16 minutes a night. So 1% owned, he'd be available in pretty much every yeah, week. Yeah, definitely uh, worth a look. Better than nothing, as, as we like to say on the streaming segment. So Even if he gets you three shots in each game? Yeah, fine we, with that. We, exactly. we do like to say that, too. Uh, and then we got CBJ. Columbus is in Winnipeg on Friday versus Detroit on Sunday. That is not a fun travel schedule, even with the day off in between. But uh, I'm not looking past the first line in Columbus right now. Definitely the last team I would target out of these three teams playing on the Friday, Sunday this weekend. That being said, Boone Jenner. Uh, didn't talk about him earlier, but another guy that I just think should be owned. He's 41% owned right now. Nine goals, six assists, and 21 games this season. He has honestly been pretty terrible. Oh, sorry. I jumped over to Nyquist. <laughs> uh, but no, Boone's been really good. 72 shots on goal, nine goals, six assists, as I said, in 21 games. Meaning those nine goals are well-deserved. Uh, and a solid bet to add a goal to your total this weekend. A guy that I feel should be rostered in 12-team leagues, but definitely a great streaming target in smaller formats this weekend. I'm in a league that has face-off wins as a category, and I drafted Boone in that league because I, I went with like the no-center strategy. So I drafted Boone as like my third center just for face-off wins. And he's been so good at everything else. Yeah. And, like He's been unbelievable he's one of my best centers yeah he is the biggest benefactor of Goudreau moving over we knew there would be someone like Goudreau is just that good of a playmaker he's going to get someone else involved makes sense that it's Jenner he's had good underlying numbers in the past just in terms of his shot volume and and really uh, Goudreau is just bringing the best out of him in that regard this year so uh in in shallower leagues a great streaming option this weekend in you know standardized league again a guy that I think should be on. I think the goals are going to be pretty reliable the rest of the way uh now you're telling me there's some changes to the Blue Jackets it's not 100 percent uh you know, set in stone, but Patrick Line was activated from IR this uh, this afternoon. It does look like he's going to return to the lineup. It would obviously be a good time for him to return to the lineup against the Jets as well. Yeah. Uh, so it looks like Line is going to be there. So obviously that would bump um, Gus Nyquist to the second line with Roslovich and Ken Johnson. Yeah. At that point, I'm honestly not even interested in Nyquist, as you can see with me already jumping ahead of my read through here. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's been pretty terrible. I, I really only wanted to mention because he is playing on. He was playing on the top line. Uh, with Jenner and Goudreau, but certainly one to watch. And honestly, uh, just the fact that Line is this close, I got to think if he's not playing Friday, he'll play Sunday against Detroit. 
Um, so yeah, it's just not one uh, that I'd probably be really willing to go for at this point. Again, was only going to mention if he was going to be playing with Goudreau and Jenner this weekend. Doesn't look like that'll be the case. And unfortunate, but the Blue Jackets just aren't playing well enough to look at anything outside of that top line for me. So uh, it's just going to be Jenner uh, out of the CBJ this weekend that I'd be looking at. I think in like maybe deeper leagues, you could potentially look at Ken Johnson. The only issue with him is he just does not shoot the puck very much. Um, but he's been pretty decent you know, in terms of picking up power play points. He's got five points in his last seven games. In super deep leagues, I think he, he, he could be worth a stream if a lot of your other top targets aren't available. Yeah. He would be certainly towards the bottom of the list. But if you really are in a deep or in a tight spot and you want to get a couple games in your lineup in those deeper of leagues... I think he he could still be you know okay. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm sure one of these guys I've talked about is available over him. But if you're mm-hmm. looking to get a few spots in, then then sure it's it's you know it's it's worth the kick at the can uh, if there's nothing else out there. But I'd rather Parise, Wallstrom, Bovillia, any of those guys in mm-hmm. the Islanders uh, before I, I I dip under the Blue Jackets second line. So uh, Jenner and Wheeler, obviously, as you guys could tell, would be my top two picks if they're available in your league. But uh, the top options under thirty percent owned for me it's Perfetti, Pajot, Parise. Uh, Wallstrom and then Beauvillier. Thoughts, Brock? You'd have Beauvillier above Wallstrom? No, the only concern I always have with Wallstrom is that, like, even though he's on the Barzell line, his minutes always seem to, like, fluctuate so wildly. Like, if he was playing, like, a consistent 15, 16 minutes a night, every single night with. Barzell, I think he would be a great fantasy asset and somebody that could could really score a lot of goals and, and, and probably have some lasting effect on on your roster. But if you just look even just at his box score in recent games, he played 14 minutes. Then but the game before that, I was at 11. Then 13. The game before that, I was at 12. Then 12. Then 13. Then 14. Then 10. Then 9. Like it's just yeah. all over the place. There's not a lot so, of upside there, but uh, such yeah. a good shot though. Like he's such. Yeah. And then like sometimes they don't feature him on the power plays, and it's like, what are we even doing here? Like he's probably your best shooter on the whole team yeah it's more about like i said i I think he's just a good bet to get you a additional point across those two games for sure not as much upside as a perfecter pajo or even parise for me just because parise has been shooting the puck so much and again the goals are just worth more so uh, i think parise is the really sneaky target of the weekend because there's a good chance if if you're in a a studied league anyway that perfetti and pajo won't be available so he's the one that i I probably will have across my leagues this weekend and, and can hopefully get a goal out of him yeah, I think one thing I want to kind of do too is, um, so I do release my um, streaming targets for the week based on the entire week schedule as opposed to just the weekend. Um, and people as always yell at me and say, hey, why don't you release, this, release yeah. this earlier in the week? So on the podcast, they want I, Sunday on the release. podcast, I want to look ahead a little bit just to see uh, who's got good streaming uh, schedules for next week that you could kind of look at. Um, next week's schedule is a bit funky. A lot of days are, are pretty balanced so you shouldn't have to worry uh, a whole heck of a lot but you know it would be a nice week to pick up Nick Schmaltz because the Coyotes play Monday Wednesday and they also have a game on Sunday they do play Friday as well but um, the lighter days they do have Monday Wednesday uh, Sunday the Bruins anybody from the Bruins would be a nice target as well Monday Wednesday Friday Sunday um, you know the Flames early early week schedule against the Coyotes and against the Wild Monday Wednesday. You got the Avs Monday Wednesday Friday Sunday. So it's just uh, all over the map here. There's lots of targets available. Next week's schedule actually looks bonkers. So yeah. um, be sure to check out the weekly streaming targets, uh, which will be released Monday morning to really add all the waiver wire pickups. And then you come to the podcast on Friday morning for these streamers. And you will like you. You have been hitting on, on such a high clip. It's just incre- incredible stuff. The process doesn't lie. No, no. It, it just does not miss. Um, 
want to talk some goalies? A couple goalie starts to target this weekend. Yep, I'm so chatting G's. We got seven teams on a back-to-back, but don't worry. There's not that many to talk about because four of the teams are Anaheim, Chicago, Ottawa, San Jose. So we're going to really immediate cross-offs right there. We're going to uh, classify those as desperation starts on Sunday. I'm not sure exactly which of those teams play Sunday, but uh, any of their goaltenders would, would you know, classify as a desperation better than nothing start if, if you're trailing in the splits. But if you're actually looking for a tactical play here, we do have – uh, three more teams with a you know potentially decent matchup for the backup tendy. Uh, first one to talk about Yaro Halak, six percent owned. He's got the Sens on Friday, Chicago on Saturday. I don't know how this is going to play out because I think he just played earlier in the week. Yeah, right? so I would One. actually imagine he plays Saturday maybe because he did just start their last game, but it was against the Senators and he played great. Yeah, and now it's a home and home. Maybe they give him the Senators again. Um, maybe they switch it up because they don't want him. They to won that game, right? That yeah, was, it was so, his first win of the yeah. season. So they might go back to him since he just won. Um, Shesterkin's kind of fighting it. Shesterkin's really been kind of self-deprecating um, in the media, really just you know hard on himself. So maybe they'll give him an extra couple days to kind of work on things. I don't know exactly how it'll play out. I would imagine they you know they might think about hey let's give let's give uh, Halak the sends again. I, I think they want to get him going, so maybe it could be because uh, he has know. not been going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Played he, awesome yesterday, yeah. though. Yeah, he hasn't been good to, to be at this point. Seven appearances, a 1-5-1 and one record, 8.97 save percentage, and a 2.89 uh, goals against average. And obviously, that start the other night, doing a lot of heavy lifting there as well. Um, so, yeah, it looks great on paper. It's a little bit buyer beware, like because you know it's not just a slam dunk. Here's a good team with an easy matchup. Alak has struggled at points this season. He could do some damage to your splits. But at the end of the day, this is uh, you know either whether it's against the Sands on Friday, Chicago on Saturday, he should be between the pipes uh, in a game that his team is going to be a heavy, heavy favorite to win. So. Yeah, it, you'd have to think that, you know, kind of getting that monkey off his back and, and, and maybe building some confidence on, on Wednesday should go a long way. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about the Red Wings here as potentially mm-hmm. a viable uh, spot start for Alex Nedeljkovic. Yeah, I wasn't sure how to say it until I started saying it. Then I knew it came back to me. Uh, 23% owned. Uh, Detroit's got Vegas on Saturday, so I would imagine Huso probably gets that game. We're hoping so. Delkovic started their last game, so almost certainly. Yeah, and then uh, he should get that game in Columbus on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, not the best start. Columbus is technically resting in between, uh, like I said, but like I said earlier in the show, they're traveling from Winnipeg back home to Columbus. So that's still a pretty brutal travel schedule. So I don't know how much stock I'm going to put into, you know, the Red Wings being on the tail end of a back-to-back versus a quote-unquote rested Blue Jackets team. I I would still think this is going to be at least close to a 50-50 split in terms of uh, the betting line heading in. So eight appearances, a 2-3-2 record, 8-80 save percentage, and a 3.97 goals against average for Nadelkovic. Has not been pretty. He's been drastically outplayed. Uh, But again, we're talking about a matchup where there'll probably be a coin flip to win. So some uh, potential risk to your splits, but another guy that has a, a decent chance of picking up a win for you this weekend. Yeah, I would actually think that there's a pretty decent chance that they, they're favored in that game, and I think it's worth mentioning that uh, Alex Andelkovich, Ohio native, Ohio State fan, go blue. Yep. Um, so yeah, he'll be go starting blue. back in his home state against the Blue Jackets. You'd think that he'd have a little bit extra juice uh, for that one. So yeah, I think that's a, a nice start. And if you want to include that narrative that he's going to play a little bit better in front of his fa- <laughs> friends and family, then I love I think, a good narrative. Yeah. I, I, especially for a goalie. I always, I believe in that shit, man. There's a real human element to these things. And when, when you're playing in your home state in front of your friends and family, like you want to put on a show. So I, uh, yeah, I think the Delkovich could be a real nice streaming target, but boy, oh boy, has he not played well this year? <laughs> no. Um, and then my guy, Philip Gustafson, the wild have Anaheim on Saturday in Dallas on Sunday. So, 
normally, you know, the, the general school of thought would say that the starter will get the first game, Gustin on Sunday. I wouldn't be surprised though if Gustin goes Saturday. Flurry is playing tonight. He started three straight games since coming back from injury. I could definitely see them wanting to give him that extra day in between. And Flurry hasn't looked great. And Gustin did look good while Flurry was out. So I don't know. To me, it, it it's there's potential here, at least more potential than usual, that he could get that first game against Anaheim. Obviously, it's a much, much better matchup than getting Dallas on the tail end of a back to back on Sunday. But Brock, I don't know how you feel about that or if you got any inkling on that. Gustafson has been solid this year, though. Eight appearances, three, four, and one record, a nine fourteen save percentage, and a two point six two goals against average. Yeah, he's been so good that I don't think that they would hesitate to to play him in the second half against the better team. Um, but no, I, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, Flurry playing the the Oilers tonight. Not uh, not an easy matchup. I wouldn't be shocked if they want to give him an extra day's rest and, and give him the, the stars on. Yeah, because like I said, three straight games since coming back from injury. I was a little surprised that they didn't go to Gustafson tonight ahead of yeah. the back-to-back or even the game uh, against Arizona earlier in the week or at the end of last week, but uh, or no, earlier in the week. Um, so yeah, it's just uh, we'll see how it plays out. Um, I still like Gustafson. He's just he's looked good so far this year. So. Uh, and he looked especially good while Fleury was out there for a little bit. So who knows? We'll see how that plays out. You just need him to see about a 50-50 split, which I think is pretty likely. Um, I talked about Gustafson a lot last year. He's somebody that I've been high on. Uh, I like Just from the eye test, I think he's always looked yeah. pretty pretty good. Uh, like When he was filling in for the Sens last year, he played really, really well at times. And uh, he's a big kid, and he plays pretty well. So yeah, I think that as long as he can see um, you know, a, a decent 50-50 split or something close to that, I think he should be pretty good. I mean, the the... While they're a damn good defensive hockey club right now, yeah. you know, fifth, uh, top five in the league in expected goals against, they're really going to protect their goalies. So whenever um, Gustafson gets the start, he'll be well protected and, and has a pretty good chance at not crumbling your splits, but also winning hockey games. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And obviously, like I said, Dallas is going to be rested playing that game on Sunday. They're traveling into Dallas after playing at home uh, against Anaheim. So, you know, I, he would obviously be just fine, but I think the boys could be pretty beat up heading into that game. So, I, again, I. I, it's still a decent, you know, it's not terrible, but I, it, it is pretty close to a desperation start on Sunday if he is taking that game. Because, again, they're going to be pretty significant dogs on the tail end of a back-to-back, traveling on the road into Dallas. And Dallas is just a whole different beast on home yeah. ice. Dallas is a really, really good yeah, home ice team. Texas not a, hockey. It's certainly not a place that you want a spot yeah. start if you can avoid it. Yeah, but even, again, even on the busier slate on Saturday, like if Gustafson gets that game, I think he'll be a top-ten start for sure. So Yeah, like if you're relying on somebody like uh, like Grubauer, or not Grubauer, excuse me, um, like Francois maybe as a spot start, like he's he, he's against the Bruins. If you got Francois on your roster, you're not going to play him if he gets that start on Saturday against the Bruins. You might have to yeah. pick up somebody like Gustafson. There's a couple other examples uh, like that I could rattle off, but it's really not worth getting into. No, it's not. Like Martin Jones, are you going to start Martin Jones if you've been relying on him heavily, and then he plays against the the Panthers on Saturday? Like, no, there's going to be mm. spots that Gustafson would be a much better option. Yeah, absolutely. These Panthers, maybe, but the current Panthers. They kind of suck. Any others? No, that's it. That's it. All right, that is going to do it for Season 8, Episode 22 of the DFO Fantasy Podcast. As always, enjoy the Blue Stones on your way out. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed these streamers. Hope you enjoyed the entire episode. Go out, pick up Kevin Hayes and all the other boys. Until next week, cheers. And don't forget, go blue. Go blue.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.